All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Where in the Fold. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, Mr. Tully up in northern Kentucky, right here in the southern reaches of Bluegrass State. It is me, Reed, the sexy Cecil. Right in the cups. <laughs> and we have a gentleman by the name of Abe Sloan. Where in the folk are you at, Abe? I am in southern Tennessee. Next to the northern Alabama line. Ah, you're pretty close to us, Abe. So, I bet you are close to um, Chattanooga somewhere. Yep. <laughs> I'm about two hours away. I, I, I go that way every year, once a year, to fish. I go down to uh, Alabama to fish every year. So Reed is a masturbator. I am. <laughs> You may be a cunning linguist, but I'm a masturbator. Some people would even say he's a bass master. <laughs> I've caught a few in my time. Thank you for coming on to the show. Um, and welcome, folkers. We are... <laughs> oh, stumbled on that one a little bit. I don't pronunciate enough. <laughs> yeah, you You're going to have to hit that one again. I have to edit that one, try that again. Welcome, folkers. <laughs> You're still not getting it out right. <laughs> anyway, um, so we got Abe. You, uh, Abe, tell everybody about your content and all that. Well, tell them where they can find your channel and everything. Well, you can type Abe's Front Porch Talk into Google search bar or any search bar of your choice, and it should pull up all my major platforms. I use Anchor.fm for the audio version of the podcast. So they distribute my podcast out. Everywhere, CastBox, iTunes, so, you know, Spotify, I'm on Spotify, all those major platforms. I also have a YouTube channel. It'll pull up my YouTube videos if you just type in Abe's Front Porch Talk. And um, I have 194, 195 subscribers on YouTube. I did have more, but YouTube is, you know, going in and unsubscribing people after so long of a time if they don't watch your videos or something i don't know new setting i would have I a lot more. Do that to us too um because you'll watch ours which you've got more subscribers than we do uh, you'll watch ours drop three and then go up six yeah <laughs> like it's weird <laughs> that that's what's happening with me i'll see it go up and just drop so I mean, in my content that I have, I speak about several different things. I speak about religion. I speak about paranormal. Um, one of the paranormals, when I first started in 2019, I spoke about UFOs and aliens. And I used uh, scripture from Ezekiel chapter 1 to yeah. talk about it. And, it. and I'm a big believer that that does exist. So, I mean, you'll find stuff like that in my content. I have... 100 videos on YouTube. So, and on the audio version of my podcast, I have, I think, 163 episodes. So, and just take or pick which one you want to listen to and just subscribe. Yeah, I, I <laughs> think uh, initially I got mixed up because some of the videos I watched, um, I watched a few where you were actually out in places. And, you know, you're kind of taking a stroll talking about the area and, you know, sort of the paranormal happenings of the area, um, 
which was really cool. I, I I forget what the area was, but it was like a almost like a park that ran into a cemetery. Yes, yes. Dad's Children Playground. Yeah, that's, that's a famous uh, spot. Where's that at exactly? Here in Huntsville, Alabama. Are you familiar with the Rocket City? Yeah, that's where all the uh, Nazis moved to when they when they really <laughs> not, that's a, right. <laughs> that's one way to put it <laughs> but you know in that video with the dad's children playground they went in and they redone that whole playground because it was attracting people and at night they said that the ground where the sand was for the swing sets and stuff would turn green and the swings would just swing back and forth now, there's been a lot of paranormal people that's come and investigated cemetery and the playground, and they found all kinds of stuff, spirits and things they said that would just freak you out there. And they've seen little children from the cemetery over into the playground swinging. So now is that after so after they redone it, people are still seeing stuff even after they redone it, they're still seeing it. And the video that you saw that I did that is where they shrunk it basically took this playground and shrunk it so small because too many people were coming in and trying to see what they could see they even shut it down at night you can't even go in there without permission late at night wow they used to have video of it I knew I've seen I've read about it before and I've watched a few videos of that place and it is truly terrifying I forgot where it was at but they had they used to have night vision videos of it and you just see a swing start rocking like this like it, it's creepy man that would be like i'm out <laughs> <laughs> well i know and you were there during the day abe what are the vibes like in that place it's freaky it, it really is i've even had people to tell me that they've got family that's buried in the cemetery called maple hill and they've said they've had spirits to go home with them and people that don't even believe in the paranormal had some experiences themselves from being in that cemetery where a spirit latched on and went home with them and it kind of changed their thinking but you know I've heard all kinds of stories about it. You do get this feeling like somebody's watching you. And I don't know if you noticed in the video, but on the rocks formation, if you'll notice, if you'll go back and watch, you'll probably see a face. And I didn't know it until I went back and watched the video myself that there was faces in those rocks. Wow. You have to go back and check that out. I'm going to have to go back and watch that one again. <laughs> Oh, uh, do, do they know why the children haunt this graveyard? Is it just children that were buried there, or was there like some kind of tragedy? Or I think it has something to do with the children that's buried in the cemetery, because it just joins. And that's far as I know, that's where people is getting it. And now they say there's a woman. Now in the video I did of the cemetery itself, there's a woman. She's a builds. She died in the 1800s. And she accidentally drunk some poison and <laughs> she died. But they said there was a rocking chair in her mausoleum. Yeah. 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 And there was a rocking chair. If you knock on her mausoleum, that rocking chair, you could hear rock back and forth. Now, I did that in the video and you couldn't hear nothing. So yeah, 
could you imagine if you did hear it though? That I would literally <laughs> <crap> my pants. <laughs> would you not? <laughs> I think I'd be running off. <laughs> that, that would scare me to death. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that just happened. <laughs> and it's it's cool because this is one of the more haunted places I've ever read about that you actually went there. Like it's, it's kind of makes me jealous in a way. <laughs> and even though you know we shouldn't be envious or whatever. <laughs> but um. This graveyard looks pretty cool. So are you saying that they completely downsized it? It I'm looks. Sorry. You said they yeah. completely downsized the park. They did. They completely downsized it. Mm. it uh, looks they cool. said. They said that too many people were going in at night trying to do the paranormal stuff that didn't even investigate, just see what they could see, and I think people were getting hurt. Too many kids. So, up smoking the reefer is it <laughs> is it a is it a public playground like owned by the county or state or something like that it's open to the public i think the city of Huntsville. that's a missed opportunity in my mind i would be like enlarging it and charging admission or something you know yeah yeah well i think i derailed the conversation with that but so, so abe what got you started in all this i'm a big fan of ed and lorraine and I've watched a lot of their videos, which I've experienced paranormal, as I explained in some of the messages to you guys. I've experienced a lot of the paranormal activity in my life since I was a child. And I spoke about it in my podcast, too. And um, so when I learned that you can actually investigate this stuff, I just kind of got a little curious on what equipment you need. And I don't have any of the equipment really to go out and investigate like at people's homes or stuff like this but you can catch a lot on camera just by using a regular video camera or your own phone. and i have had that to happen to me before too but um i've got pictures of my phone on my phone i should have sent you guys pictures i'll probably have to do this after this is over but in my own house, there are spirit orbs in my hallway that I've caught with camera. And it was just by accident that, to catch those orbs. And um, so that raised my curiosity up more. And when I was a little child, there was, I had a little toy car and my stepbrother had a toy car. And these were remote control cars that you had to have back in the day. And my little truck had a little gear shifter. I don't know if you guys remember those that had a gear shifter where you like one, two, three, and four, and then it was reversed and it went oh, yeah. by itself. That's why I learned how to drive on my, that's why I learned how to drive on was a manual. <laughs> <laughs> and my stepbrother had a remote that was cordless remote, but it was late during the night and we had made us a pallet in the living room floor because it was the weekend and our toys were sitting at the hallway door. And now this is several feet from the hallway to our living room door. We were laying there and all of a sudden those things just took off by themselves, rode all the way up to the living room door that goes out, you know, our front door, back down to where we had them sitting at the hallway door at the, and stopped in the same exact spot we had them sitting in. We both looked at each other, screamed to the top of our lungs, and went running <laughs> to mommy and daddy, you know what I'm saying, and jumped into bed. But our parents didn't believe us, and we kept telling them, yes, this happened. This really happened, you know. 
even till this day, you know, they're like your imagination. You're still so young. Your imagination got away. That was not our imagination. What we seen really took place. Was it a really old house? Yes. It was an old house. I think it was built, oh, God, 40s, 50s. Okay. We, we had just tore the house down in 2015, so it was <laughs> – there was a lot of stuff that went on in that house. <laughs> so you just kind of grew up with it then? I did, yep. So when it comes to like spirit, like super, like spirits, like the ones that you've seen and everything like that, and the entities you felt, um, do you think that they're actual spirits of people that lived, or do you think they may be demonic in nature? Or? Both. Both. I, I think. Both. Yeah. Because I believe when someone passes away sometimes their spirit don't cross over like we think it does so they stay and they haunt the place and you know you hear that unfinished business that people has unfinished business they're trying to stay back for their love that they cared about and i've even heard that some people don't even realize they have passed because maybe they were in a tragic accident like a car car crash or another type of tragic accident that they don't even realize that they died from. So they're still clinging around and, you know, years have gone by, but they still don't even realize for some reason. I don't, that one I have not figured out how people came up with that one or figured that one out. But to me, well, it seems like, to me, it seems like if I die, I would know I'm dead, you know, because if you, and it may be a thing where, you know, when people don't cross over or whatever, they may have a whole different concept of time, you know, than yeah. what we would. You so, know, I mean, that being, who knows? And, you know, I've had a bunch of experiences where I should have probably died. And there was about a four or five year period where I thought that I probably am dead. Honestly, um, I thought that for some reason I just kept going on the same timeline, like linear. But now I'm out of that phase. You know, I used to do a lot of straight crazy stuff. <laughs> I jumped off a cliff once. Um, uh, is a situation, but um, I climbed back up like it's no big deal, you know. And like, uh, that was one instance when I was like, oh, hell, maybe that did kill me, you know. And then maybe and this the, is just a linear path. The four wheeler accident. Yeah, I got hit by a car on a four wheeler once. I uh, thought that killed me. Um, let's see, I flipped a truck once. I thought that killed me. <laughs> Yeah, you're here, bro. You're here. <laughs> but it's it's strange whenever you have something tragic like that happen, and it should mess you up pretty bad, but you just walk away from it. Like, it's like, why am I not hurt more, you know? That makes me wonder, too, uh, what I was saying about concept of time. I don't know if you all have ever been knocked out, but I've been knocked out one time in my life from a bicycle accident. You keep talking, you might get knocked out again. Oh. <laughs> Come at me, big boy. But it, the concept of time when I was knocked out was so weird. And that may be a thing that someone that has went on experiences too. Because I went from being knocked out to having like three little blips of consciousness. And... This all lasted from like eight o'clock in the morning until I woke up in my bed at home. I was at somebody else's house. I woke up at my bed at home at four o'clock in the afternoon. 
and it was like maybe 10 minutes had passed. I took so, a Seroquel once and that happened to me. Drugs will do that. <laughs> That's a sleeping medication. <laughs> so here, here's something that, that I kind of struggle with. It, I don't know if you all have ever had a, a serious concussion or not. Oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> I got, I got a really bad concussion when I was in my early twenties and it was to the point where like, I remember going into work, everything kind of felt like dreamy, but I remember going into work and I'm like, man, I just can't do it. I was dizzy. I turn around to leave and I just walked in and couldn't remember where my car was. I did and, that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just thinking about folks with, with Alzheimer's and stuff like that, like I really struggle with, you know, when someone like that passes, does it all just come back, you know, because of the soul or, you know, like that, that that's the kind of stuff I think about in my spare time. <laughs> That's legitimate too, because like if somebody has Alzheimer's, like my grandmother has it right now. Um, she she reverts back to when she was a child a lot. Do you think that when they pass, they stay in that reversion of back to when they was a child, or like Tolly said, do they get it all back? That's that that's is a, strange. What that is an interesting question because my mother has dementia. Her whole thing is she'll like I'll go over to visit her. I live close to her, and she'll. You know, she'll be like, uh, did you watch the Wildcats play last night? You know, because she's big. You know, we watch Wildcat basketball. We'll have a whole conversation. Well, and Ten minutes later, did you watch the Wildcats play last night? She you knows she'll ask me the same questions over and over. And it makes you wonder, is that kind of a, something that people that pass go through? Do they, you know. Like a like a repeat, like a imprint. Yeah. Like, like he was saying with the. Uh, you know, like they die in a tragic accident, mm-hmm. maybe just repeating a set time frame over and over and over and don't realize they're dead. Yeah. You know, I think, see, I think when you die and you have Alzheimer's and dementia, that's why I was smiling when you was talking about that, is because I believe when you die, you get all your memory back. You're, you don't feel sickness whatsoever, but there's got to be something there that you don't realize. If it's true that people don't realize that they're dead, then, okay, they're not feeling no pain. They're, if they suffer with dementia and Alzheimer's, they're, not, they're in a right mind now. They don't even know they have it or did have Alzheimer's or dementia. So you're, you're automatically healed because... Let me explain it this way. Life is like a butterfly. And if you take a caterpillar, then it grows, it comes into a butterfly. It's no longer in that form that it was in, but it's in a different form. So it's not feeling the effects that it felt as a caterpillar. You see what I'm saying? That makes sense to me. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So when you die, you're basically like a butterfly is you're just leaving your caterpillar shell and you're just going out into the spiritual realm where only those that are gifted can actually see you or hear you then, you know, but you're still there. You can, and I believe spirits can see you and see what you're doing and stuff. 
Let's hope not, Abe. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Grandma's gonna be real disappointed. <laughs> I don't know how many times Dad's been like that boy, Mom. <laughs> Grandma, yes. he was my favorite at one point in time. <laughs> the things he does. <laughs> Maybe that's why we get home if they're disappointed, so they're coming to homeless. <laughs> that's there. You go. That could be possible. <laughs> I I do think also like in places where there have been like mass casualties or like some kind of huge trauma, like. Yeah. Like old battlefields, you know, like uh, people go and they'll see soldiers from like, you know, the 1800s and stuff just walking across the battlefield in formation. Stuff like that, I think, like my personal belief is that you being there, your energy is lent toward sort of like the highlight reel. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I don't think there's. There's uh, regiments of soldiers just walking around in formation when you're not there. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be the worst case scenario as it goes so constantly in battle? Yeah, that would... uh, I don't know. Valhalla didn't sound too bad. You fight all day and eat supper and drink in the evenings. Eat supper and bound. Then go back to the, <laughs> go back to the war zone. As long as you die with your sword in your hand. But yeah, I mean, I can I can understand that. Like, and so the imprints are you know non intelligent, repeat, and everything like that. Do you think that there's actual intelligent entities like the ones that? I guess you can. I guess we kind of touched on this already. Like people just sitting back, kick back, watching what we're doing, they and they just don't realize that they're dead. But do you think there's a case that there are some that realize they're dead, but they're just chilling out? I think even after those that know that they're dead, they're just there, like you said, chilling out, basically. Good work for it. <laughs> and I, I also believe you can go before your time. Uh, I'm one of those that believe you can leave your body because life is precious and people don't realize this you're here one minute but going the next minute you're like a vapor that just can vaporize into thin air so you know there's so much to the paranormal and you know when i speak on religion and stuff i really don't believe in religion or religious people but i believe in christianity and keeping open minds to certain things but i was raised in a pentecostal church and but i went to many different churches baptist church of christ you know so i've learned a lot of different beliefs out here over the years but i've always had my own beliefs and how i felt that you know way i believe god spoke to me or anything like that but now there is a scripture I found not too long ago in the Old Testament, and I can't re- catch it word for word, but it basically was saying that you can go before your time. If you go before your time, there might be a choice, a chance that you don't realize you have passed. 
because you went before your time was up or you went before your time and you were not ready or prepared for the afterlife like you thought you were. So, and when you were facing the afterlife, you're trying to cling on to the earth and your family or whatnot, but you, you done, maybe the person was a horrible person. Maybe they were murderers or whatnot, but when they died through whatever happened, you know, maybe they are trying to cling on because they don't want to go wherever they're supposed to go in the afterlife. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So kind of one of, we were talking about, you were talking about intel, you know, spirits having intelligence. I think, I think myself, there are three types. There are spirits who may not necessarily be intelligent. They're just clinging, um, their, I guess their spirit or, or energy is clinging on to this world. And then I think there are evil demons or spirits that are intelligent and there are good spirits that are intelligent. Kind of like if you wanted to break it down into demons, angels, and then just entities that have no morals. They're just, it's just their energy. I kind of think that may be the way it goes. I thought, Yo, that, I, I thought you said three. That was like eight. Well, I, <laughs> I extrapolated upon my what I was meaning. So good, evil, like, and just spirits. You know, when when people are talking about hauntings, I think it's very difficult to to tell in the beginning like which one you're dealing with. Right. Exactly. Like, um, well, you know, hauntings and things of that nature. What what accounts for the shadow figures? Which one was they, which one would they be? You know, the shadows running across the walls and stuff. That may, I mean, that may, that could be any of the three. It depends on the actions they take, I guess, on how they reveal themselves to others. The shadow figures are evil. Yeah, they're the evil ones. And they're also the tricky ones because some of them shadow figures can take form of other humans. Mm. And they can take form of your loved ones, too, that's passed and make you think it's them. But in reality, it's not. (laughs) Let me explain. Like like possessions. Yeah. All right. And I'll I'll tell you this. Another experience I had with the paranormal, which was back around 2012. And I, I was in my own bed asleep. I was home alone. And I'm in my mid-20s to late 20s. Back in 2012, I'm 38 now, so whatever. (laughs) Something like that. Anyways, um, while I was asleep, I remember waking up and I was real thirsty. And I was trying to figure out why I was so thirsty and I stopped, but I can't hardly move. Why, why am I laying here not being able to move at the same time? Well, I just felt like there was a presence around me. So, and it was just like, there's, I've always had this fear of the dark anyways, because of the paranormal I've experienced in my life since a child. And so I know everybody's going to laugh at this. And then it is funny because I laugh about it myself. <laughs> so I would actually I take my blanket and throw over my head to toe. Because if there's no lights on in the trailer, 
there it's all complete dark. I, there was one room I did not want to walk by unless there was a light on somehow or another. But I sleep with the TV, I, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I put my blanket over and cover myself up from head to toe where my feet couldn't even be shown. So and I, when I walked up to my light switch, I flipped it on and I threw the blanket off of it. And I remember still feeling this drain been real tired and sleepy, not being able to move, still feeling the thirst. And I was like, I need to get some water. But I was like, no, I'm going to lay back down in the bed and lay here. So I decided not to get the water, went back and lay down, put pulled the blanket back over me. And right at that time, this thing, this demon, whatever you want to call it, entity or demon, jumped on top of me and said, hey, to me. Immediately, I said to myself, well, I spoke to it and I said, I rebuke you in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost. Right, right then, I rebuke or I rebuke you in the name of Jesus and thing disappeared. It hasn't bothered me anymore since I said those words and everything just lifted up off of me. I was able to get back up out of the bed and it, what had happened, that thing had put me in a trance. And I talked to someone else that knew a little bit about demonic activities and any of these tormenting people or trying to do stuff. And they said, what happened? I was in a trance and it was trying to either possess me. It wanted to take over my body. So you have to be careful when you deal with stuff like this, because they will torment you down to where you get so men mentally drained and those demons, they can find a way into your life where they can actually possess your body any way that they can do. And a lot of your struggles and trials that you're going through, it's these demonic demons causing this. And they latch on to other people and cause them to attack you. And sometimes it takes certain people with the gifts of discernment to like, say, if I just started going off and attacking you guys just for no earthly reason, you know, we're all having a good time. Well, it, it can be a person that's been controlled by a demonic demon that's latched on, that's making them attack people. And that's why they say you need to really forgive the person and try to help or just be nice to the person. It's because of that. But that person needs to learn they have a evil demonic demon that's latched on and they've got to take care of it and they've got to put it under control does that make sense yeah and it yeah. sounds like you almost had an instance of sleep paralysis though yes that's and uh, i've actually read that when you're having sleep paralysis and you have that that situation where the spirit jumps on you that a lot of people have started invoking the name of christ and things of that nature and it goes away i've read that like not even two weeks ago as well. And you know, I, th this is a pretty popular theory about this, but I think that shadow people are highly depleted in Peter Pan. How like, so? Uh, yeah. Explain that. All right. So the very first scenes in Peter Pan, he's chasing his shadow and his shadows detached from him. So he's trying to get his shadow back, but if you if you think about Peter Pan, C Captain Hook is probably the good guy in it. 
because he takes these children to a land where they never grow up. So they're dead, more than likely. He's killing these kids. And Captain Hook is probably one of the people that actually got away from him and grew up. And now when he's trying to steal the kids, he's trying to save them. We should have talked about this. In That's our, an interesting theory. We should have talked about this in the cartoon conspiracy episode. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think. And I think that the shadow person was, well, what it was. It, his shadow was a shadow person. I'm going to have to go watch Peter Pan again. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. It's the same thing. I'm like, and that's kind of like the programming too, like. If these are Dominic entities and things of that nature, that's a very old story of Peter Pan. And so they've probably been programming people to be okay with something like that happening in a way. Well, huh. it, it goes back to the whole thing where, you know, evil, the evil in this world has to disclose to you in some way what they're doing. For sure. Because it's not like, you know, everything from, you know, demonic entities to secret societies that worship you know the devil and stuff like that the whole thing is like they put it out in plain sight because they think you're too stupid to understand it it's residual magic basically is what it is um and like the reptilian people have to feed off the sorrow of everybody but they can't feed off the sorrow properly because it's residual magic and they have to let you know what they're doing <laughs> Yeah. I'll tell you, Abe, I, I sent these guys a link before we jumped on. Okay. So it, it's it was somebody who went to one of the first episodes of SpongeBob. And it, it was when SpongeBob was trying to get his driver's license. And it had his address on the driver's license. Now, it escapes me what the address actually was. But there was a guy that went in and plugged in the address into Google Maps and it took them to Epstein Island. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was in the nineties. Yeah. What do you think of that? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I think they have to tell you in some way all of this evil stuff that they're doing. Just just like I said, because they think we're too stupid to to figure it out. Yeah. I believe I spoke in my podcast a lot that um, I do believe that the government covers up a lot of stuff, like say mythical creatures. I've got a lot. I spoke a lot about mythical creatures um, like the woman. I think she's here in Alabama, but more south of Alabama. Um, Hugging Molly is her name, where she torments the children if they're not in by a certain time they're out on the streets at night she goes up to them and screams in their faces and stuff and they've all spoke about how frightening she is and she's dressed in black so that's i spoke almost, about her. that's crazy that's almost like a like a well i mean there's a lot of women in black like legends mm -hmm. i think I'm pretty sure there's one sitting in my living room. Right now. <laughs> 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 so breaking bad. <laughs> so in the beginning, um, you were talking about you were kind of finding some links uh, that you were also interested in uh, UFOs. 
Yeah. And you and you were finding kind of some links in the Old Testament. I think you said to to UFOs. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. What I found in chapter one of Ezekiel, it says in there about the four faces, the two wheels, and when the two wheels, I'm just you know, I'm not trying to repeat scripture here or anything word for word or something like that. But um, if you'll watch the YouTube or listen to my podcast where I read it from Ezekiel and stuff, it says that um, basically what they talk about is like this thing with two wheels comes down and these beasts walk out with four faces and they each have four wings. And I can't describe all the faces, but I know one was a lion. The other one was, I want to say like a bear. I may be wrong on that one. So, but I remember a lion and something else, but they all have four faces and they all have four wings. And they said when they spoke, they could tell it was a God in heaven when they spoke. And inside this ship, they call it two wheels said there was a wheel inside of a wheel. So the way I explained it out is, you know, on the UFOs, if you ever notice the way they speak, how it's a round spaceship. So you got the outside that's round and on the inside is round. So I'm taking that's what they was meaning by two wheels. You know, you got your top, you got your bottom, you got the inside that's round too. And it would kind of explain out what it looked like. And I thought, this is what you see in these documentaries. And people that's had experiences has spoken similar to these UFOs here. Now, you know, I haven't seen anybody in documentaries that says they've been abducted. They've seen aliens with four faces or anything like that. But I believe there's multiple aliens out here that's got, you know, bodies like human beings that they could have many different forms. Well, so, so that's interesting that you say that. So I follow a, a truth community, a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, <laughs> and uh, there, there are evidence that, that he has where there's images that are being suppressed of structures and pyramids on mars the moon and venus and the theory there is that there was a big war over who was going to control humanity and like just basically they they destroyed each other at least those two planets worth of people and it's strange that you bring up the four faces because that's our logo our logo is <laughs> a four-faced monster. Yeah. And it's a bear, a lion, and a cub. <laughs> <laughs> and a jeremy. <laughs> bearded billy goat. A bearded billy goat. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, what do you think? Because you did this. You did your UFO episodes. When was that? Like 2019, 2020? Somewhere along there, yeah. Late 2019, early parts of 2020. What do you think about all the disclo- like all the all the disclosure that they've been doing, like releasing all this UFO stuff? Like it's pretty much 
before 2020 and before everything has turned into what it is now, if you brought up UFOs, people's like, oh yeah, some people seen them, and like every the government's like, no, they don't exist. But now they're just coming out and like, like they're starting way. to spoon feed us truth about things like this, yeah. leaking little things in the media and. I believe there's going to be more to end up coming out. Talking about the UFOs and aliens and things. Okay, let's take Area 51, for instance, like I've spoke about in my in my YouTubes and podcasts, where I said there's a lot of mythical creatures that we call mythical that may exist because too many people have seen this stuff. And are they actually on Area 51? And is our government playing or is our government, why are they hiding this, should I say it that way? Hiding these mythical creatures. And have they created these things themselves? Or or is the government keeping this hid? And these are like from another planet. And so we have kept so much hid, like aliens are there, but they're not releasing it to the public. And they're making it out like people that says they've been abducted to be crazy. And how we tick these people off so bad that the aliens put something out here on us to take care of the evil people in America that's got their own people locked up on Area 51 in cages or prison cells or whatever to keep it away from the humans of what's really going on. Does that make sense? I think it does. That's that's a very interesting point of view, and that would be – well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I would do that if if they had Cecil locked up in Area 51, which they may have Cecil locked up in Area 51. <laughs> uh, here's, here's kind of my view about it is, you know, say we, we had things like this and we were containing it back in the 50s and 60s and, you know, your your, your circle of who you had to control and keep from telling the truth about these things was small. Now you're getting the internet uh, and, you know, access to, uh, you know, stuff like this is much, much easier. And that circle is growing. And it's, you know, it's kind of like it's a bubble and the bubble can only get so big before little bits of truth will pop out. Well, that's why, like, like if if you discovered something, Dave, like, let's say you discovered uh, a hole that led to the center of the earth or something okay. crazy. So it's it's like I was talking in our last episode with Jenny. The government set up a program to where anything that they find or deem a potential public hindrance like something that's good that they think is going to blow the public's mind they're they're allowed to suppress it including patents like uh that's what i was mentioning the last time the government since they enacted that which i'm not sure the year they've seized over 70 patents because they felt like it was going to be uh a danger to society one of those patents was a carburetor that ran on water yeah. <laughs> oh, 
so I think like if they're if they're if it's not Abe's theory, then I'm thinking that this is some kind of disinformation to cover up something any that's that's like even more astronomical. Such or as diabolical. Such as space isn't real. That's that's just you. trying to push the fact that space is real on everybody by the way, like, hey, here's some aliens from outer space. Hey, I, don't, I don't know if you if you've listened to any of our stuff, but I'm about to say something. Cecil doesn't believe that birds are real. No, I believe they're real that you can touch them, but they're not like ev- evolutionary creatures. He doesn't think they're like. actually birds in the sense. That <laughs> yeah. What do you think? About that? <laughs> and that right there, that, that face he made is almost every face that has ever been made when this is brought up. <laughs> I have never thought about that. <laughs> I'll hate, tell you a theory about t- it. If you tell want the tell your uh, theories about what they are. I hate having to explain it because it's like a burnout thing. We love know. it. We love it. All Go right. ahead. All right. So basically, we live in a matrix. This is all a simulation, and this has actually been kind of proven by science because they finally broke down the DNA structure down to a senior cell to where it looks like binary code which is the zeros and ones that they program computers with. So there was a guy by the name of Valent Thor who was a Venarian, and he's pictured with all kinds of world leaders and stuff over the decades. He's A Venarian is from Venus. Uh, Venus sits right outside the firmament that we live in, and that basically what Venus is is a server that controls the simulation that we live in. All right? And whenever there's a simulation and there's a server, there's always going to be glitches and things of that nature. And there's only one species in this world that can get to every point in a matter of no time, and that's these birds. So I believe that these birds were implemented to monitor this matrix and report glitches back to Venus. That's what he thinks. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody but Cecil has. Don't, don't go down that rabbit hole, Abe. Freedom, but... <laughs> well, step, step away well, from that hole. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about Bigfoot is actually a human, but the government took a human and maybe gave him some type of steroid shots or something and during an experiment and things just went wrong yeah the russians did that did they not you're world war ii both they tried well that was actually the germans also tried that as well they tried to build super soldiers to fight in the cold and um they they essentially wanted to make bigfoot in a way is what it was (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that's um, completely possible so i i definitely think that like if you think about the 70s and when when bigfoot really started popping off mm-hmm. i think that you know we didn't have that kind of crispr technology that we do now so it's basically like let me close my eyes and throw a dart and see if we can make a super soldier <laughs> so i i'm on board with that theory abe <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've talked this, talked about this with my elderly friend, 
And he believes that if Bigfoot does exist, it's an experiment that had to go wrong. And how did they experiment with, is it a human being or what did they use to experiment? You know, and some of these uh, creatures, the government, and it's not just the American government, it's the international government worldwide that's doing these things. So, you know, if you think about it, was it Brazil, what, four or five years ago, if that, they said the UFO crashed in Brazil and the American government wanted the UFO and they went over and got it? Did you, Have y'all heard anything about that? It seems like I did. Do you believe the, the whole Bob Lazar business? Did you watch that documentary? No, I didn't say that documentary it's on what's it called uh hang on i'll tell you he's a cia plant it's (laughs) called bob lazar area 51 and flying saucers so check that out on netflix when you get a chance but bob is a very very smart man like a astrophysicist um or something or maybe just a physicist or a biochemical engineer but when he was in his 20s, he got recruited unknowingly to Area 51, but oh, it was in the dude that made the the rocket car. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Bob Lazar. Okay. Yeah. So, so he was saying that the actual so there's Area 51 that you can see, and then he said where he worked was actually in the side of a mountain, close to Area 51, and he said that they had all of these saucers and ufos that they had found crashed and stuff some of them worked some of them didn't and his job was to reverse engineer the technology to try to recreate it because some of this stuff defied physics as we know it and he to prove it to him and his friends or to his friends rather um and his wife he took them all out to a lake where he knew that they were going to be testing stuff out and they had pilots piloting these ufos out over a lake and they had it on videotape and stuff and so i mean there's just as much possibility that the ufos people are seeing these days are human piloted as there is like alien piloted the only thing that gives him any credence in my book is the element 115 because he's, he started claiming they had element 115 back in the eighties and whatnot that he retrieved from there. And they finally synthesized it in like 2004. Yep. So he was talking about, uh, there was a, an element that they didn't know what it was in these UFOs. And what did you say? 2015. No, it was like 2005, 2005. They was, ended up uh, making this an official element on the the chemistry table or whatever that's called. Periodic. Because they peri- periodically change it. I want to go out to Roswell, New Mexico and see the site where the spaceship, the UFO, actually crashed. And I hear they have it fenced off, and it's a big old hole. Well, if it was a weather balloon, and if you pull up what a weather balloon is, 
they're not going to have to dig a big, humongous hole like you see at Roswell. You know what I'm saying? And a weather balloon is not going to cause a lot of debris and stuff like that. It's more, when I pulled up a weather balloon, I thought, this looks like a hot air balloon. I mean, if it's going to crash, it's going to leave a small marking. And, you know, so, and it's like, well, if they're going to try to say, well, it has radiation in it. Well, why are you sending up something in space anyways to check the weather with radiation in it, knowing it's going to come back down? Exactly. (laughs) that was making a lot of sense (laughs) oh i wanted to ask you about your um autobiography abe oh yeah it's only available on nook slash ebook with uh barnes and noble.com it's real short autobiography it's about I suffer with fibromyalgia and the chronic pain just sucks big time, but it's real short. It's only like four chapters, maybe each page, each chapter has about four or five pages in it. And I'll just explain a little bit that I've been through as a child dealing with chronic pain, having the muscle spasms, the nerve endings firing off in my body. And to where I'm at today a little bit with it. This was really fun, Eamon. Thank you so much for coming on. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff at. Spotify, CastBox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podchasers, Anchor.fm, YouTube. Just type in the search bar, Abe's Front Porch Talk. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. And if you type in the Google search bar, Abe's Front Porch Talk, it'll pull up all the platforms I'm on. So you can follow me on Instagram, message me. I'll try to message you back, Twitter. Well, Abe, you're definitely going to have to come back on sometime, man. Sure. This Absolutely. Was awesome. I've enjoyed it. All right. And uh, you know where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter at Where in the Folk? Where in the Folk? Where in the Folk? Or you can find us on YouTube at Wearing the Folk. We also have Anchor, anchor.fm slash Wearing the Folk, and that leads you to several different locations. I don't even know them all. I know Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where my Spotify. name. My name is Cecil today, Absolutely. as always. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to be a guest, hit us up on Twitter, or you can reach out to us through email at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. And thank you for watching us because we're watching you.